morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'll be your host every Wednesday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. We have a big show coming up today. We have uh, two, of, uh, two of our favorites, two of our favorite contributors that'll join us later on, uh, Tova Knecht of TovaIsrael.com. A regular here now. She is. Uh, she interviewed Eric Claster, a dog sledder who is trying to enter a dog sledding competition in Norway, and uh, so that'll surely be a fun interview. And also Joanna Shepson uh, rejoins the show, and she interviewed Shelley Brin from Tor Adumim. A uh, and she'll talk about tourism in the Malay Adumim area, but. Uh, this is officially our first show in the month of December. In December, I have a I have a love hate relationship with the month of December. You see, um, I'm a big sports fan, so December and actually actually this week is the start in baseball of the winter meetings. One of my favorite times of the year, especially um, since I'm a Houston sports fan. It often means, at least for most of my childhood, it was the most fun time of the year because that was the rumors, and otherwise the team was pretty bad. Uh, now they're pretty good, but the rumors are still great. With new leadership, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, the uh, basketball season's pretty much in full swing, and football, uh, we're, we're, you know, week, what is it now, 14, 13, 14? So uh, football is coming towards its end. We're learning of different playoff scenarios, and obviously my team, the Texans, are in a three-way tie for first place in the AFC South, which is uh, not exactly a... Uh, Impressive thing, but nonetheless, first place is first place. So December, that's my my love part is, you know, the sports is, is, this is a great time of the year. But why I hate the month of December is really because, uh, as I've mentioned several times before, the weather. Uh, it's getting colder. I already see the weather for this upcoming Shabbos is going to be the high in the 30s, low in the 20s, which, which is not a time I like to go outside in. But uh, I've got my winter coat ready. I've worn it only, I want to say like once or twice so far, which... Which is pretty good for December. What are we, December seventh? So uh, that's pretty good. But any time I could avoid wearing the coat means means the winter was going well. Actually, last winter was pretty solid, but uh, this winter uh, we'll see what happens. The rain so far isn't exactly fun, but beggars can't be choosers, right? That's what they say. So uh, yeah, that's my love hate relationship with the month of December. What I can guarantee you is that you will love the month of December as long as you are tuned in here to the Nachum Siegel Network. As you've heard, JM the AM is now exclusively part of the Nachum Siegel Network, and uh, as is this show, as is all of our programming, so you can check us out on the app, online, and on the listener line. But more coming up here on Bite Size again. Joanna Shepson and, and Joanna Shepson, excuse me, and Tova Knecht will join the program later on. But for now, we turn it over to music, and here's, you know, I played it last week. And uh, actually, Miriam played it on her show. She loved the song. I love the song. I got to start the show off again with Barry Weber's new song, Atta Kel. You're tuned into Bite Sized right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> We <laughs> 
And that was a post-chuppah celebration by Eitan Katz. You could actually check it out on YouTube. It's uh, one of my go-tos before a wedding to get into that atmosphere. Uh, the reason I chose it, actually, several of my friends from back home, from Houston, from Israel, from New York, uh, have gotten engaged over the last month or so. And uh, so I'm in that spirit. I've been to several L'chaims, so uh, it, it, it's really a great um, post-chuppah song and really just a great opportunity to listen to that song, and uh, so a shout-out to all of my friends. Now Joanna Shepson joins the program. Joanna is one of the regular contributors here at Bite Size. She had on Shelly Brin from Tor Adumim to talk about tourism in the Malé Adumim area. So here is Joanna with Shelly right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting here with Shelly Brin, who is someone that I got to meet a couple of years ago and who's brought alive the tourism industry in the Malaya Dumim area. And I think many of you pass by Malaya Dumim on your way down to the Dead Sea or to Masada, but now I'm going to give you some reasons why you should stop on your way down and not just pass by. Hi, Shelley. How are you doing? Hi, Joanna. Thank you for having me today. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit about the Malaya Dumim area. Shelley, of course, lives in Malaya Dumim. And tell us a little bit about what you do with Tour Adumim. So Malay Adumim is actually um, a modern city in Israel, a relatively new city. But actually, when we talk about Malay Adumim, we talk about a region that spans from the city of Malay Adumim all the way down to, almost down to the Dead Sea. Um, it has historical roots as being a main pilgrimage area uh, up to Jerusalem. And surprisingly, there's a lot to do in the area. And the reason that I opened up Torah Dumim was to share this information and to bring people, um, even my own friends who live in Jerusalem, which is only about maybe 7 to 10 kilometers away, um, they don't even know about all the activities here in the Malay Dumim area. So what I'm trying to do is promote awareness and to create really exciting, educational, fun activities for families and groups that want to come and spend either part of a day or a full day here. So it's great. Through Fun in Jerusalem, I've promoted um, Shelley's tours, and some of them are focused on nature. Some are focused on history, art, industry. So let's ask Shelley to tell us a little bit about each of those fields and the types of places she might take you and show you in, in the Adumim area. So usually, um, if I have a whole half a day or a day with a group, um, I like to start at one of the Judean Desert lookouts, um, we have some spectacular uh, lookouts in the city, um, and from there we can talk about the historical significance of the area and the skyline, the Jerusalem skyline, what we see, the Judean desert, the smaller yeshuvim on the hilltops. Um, we talk about the history of the city of Malé Dumim, and it just really gives a good understanding and orientation for the rest of the day. Um, so we start at the Judean desert lookout, um, and then depending on the group, uh, I build the program based on what they're interested in and the ages of the participants. Um, some of the activities, for example, have to do with um, industry. Um, and luckily, Malay Mim has an industrial park. Uh, some of the more fun activities are the aeroponic rooftop farm, which is an extremely innovative project, um, a rooftop farm. And I've seen some beautiful pictures of that farm where you see like a whole rooftop of a building with, you know, all you can see is green. It's incredible. Right. Well, also taking consideration that it's in the middle of the Judean desert and all of a sudden you have about four um, dunam, which is about an acre um, of just greenery, is pretty incredible. But 
uh, compared to the other rooftop farms that are in the world, whether in Brooklyn or in Europe, this is a very unique one because of all the uh, technology that they've developed right, uh, right there at the rooftop farm, which really cannot be found anywhere else. So people really enjoy that. We walk around, we taste, we smell, we guess the herbs. Uh, the workers uh, demonstrate some of the unique uh, machinery there. Um, and then just a few minutes' ride from the rooftop farm is also another unique activity, which is the McCamal Guitar Factory. Um, this is a very small workshop factory which um, produces handmade uh, guitars, vintage style from uh, 50s and 60s. And the first part of the program is we stand around the uh, artist, his name is Tal McCamal. And he explains how he makes the guitars from scratch. We see the different kinds of woods and all the materials that he uses, and we hear his personal story. Um, and then we go into the other room, and there's a guest guitarist um, who demonstrates some of the features of the guitars, and we have a sing-along. Sometimes we have a guessing game. Uh, we break up into groups, and we hear, and we try to guess um, you know, which good, famous guitar player played a particular song. So it's a lot of fun. And it's very uh, multi-sensory. Um, I also, I have a good friend named Eva. So this is a shout out to Eva, who came um, into town with her son and they fell in love with the Moshe Castell Art Museum, so much so that they actually went back twice. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about that for people who love art? Sure. So we actually have two museums in the Adumim area. One is the Moshe Castell Museum. Uh, Moshe Castell is a very well-known name among Israelis. He was one of the first native-born Israeli artists. Um, he grew up in Jerusalem, and uh, originally his family came from Spain, from the Castile region. He came in 1492. Um, anyway, he grew up in Jerusalem, and when he was about 18 years old, he was so talented that his, uh, it was recommended that his family send him to uh, Paris. And so here you have this very young Israeli artist, and he's among the circles, the same circles as Picasso and Chagall, and you can see their influence on his work. Um, anyway, eventually he comes back to Israel, and uh, he spends some time in Sfat, and then back in Jerusalem. And he, although he never lived in Malea Dumim, he did pass by, and he loved the landscapes and the contours. And so he, he said that when he passed away, he, he wanted his work to be displayed here. Um, and so there's a beautiful museum, actually designed by David Resnick, who's a famous uh, architect. And uh, what I usually do is um, I have a local artist who gives family tours, who talks a little bit about the different rooms in the museum and the different stages of his life and the different, the different styles that he adopted over his lifetime until he reached his, his famous signature work using the uh, basalt rock and the ancient Hebrew letters. Um, and so I think if you saw it, you might recognize some of his work, uh, but it's definitely worth a visit. Very, very interesting and beautiful museum. It sounds like for someone, especially for art lovers, it's it's got to be one of the stops on their itinerary for sure. Um, but one other thing I want to tell the listeners is how unique the area is in terms of weather. Because now a lot of people are going to be coming for winter vacation or in February. And the biggest concern is what happens if it rains and what are we going to do? And I remember once being on a 
was planning a day with my family, uh, my greater family that came in from LA and saying to them, okay, we're going to plan the day in the Adumim area because it, it was pouring with rain in Jerusalem. And just as we crossed over into the desert, it was like a movie. It just stopped. Mm. Felt like I was at Universal Studios. <laughs> so um, what can you tell us about the weather in the winter and also about some of the factory tours? Mm. Okay, well, so you're right. Uh, actually... The winter is probably the best time to tour the Maladzmim area because it is semi-desert, um, and so it's drier. Often when it's raining in Jerusalem, it will be dry in Maladzmim, um, and it's a lovely time to uh, go from place to place as compared to the summer, which can uh, sometimes be rather warm. Um, but if in case it does rain, which it does once in a while, uh, I do offer these factory tours, and so we are indoor uh, indoors, and um, you know, you can stay dry and warm. Tell us about some of the delicious factory tours, like the Chalva one. Uh, okay, <laughs> so one of the one of my favorite tours, or I should say, one of my the favorites of most of the tourists, is actually the uh, Tachina and Chalva factory. If you've ever been to um, the Shuk, uh, the open market of Machane Yehuda in Jerusalem, you probably are familiar with a man who stands out with a crown and gives out little samples of chalva. So all of the chalva for this for the for the Machane Yehuda Shuk, as well as for everywhere in the country, is made in a factory that's in Malay Adumim. So the tour uh, actually is uh, has two parts, the tour of the factory, as well as uh, a tasting part, which of course is the best part. And you get to taste many different flavors of tahina and many different flavors of chalva. And then of course you can purchase them if you'd like. Um, that's probably the that's probably the most delicious tour that I offer. Yes. Fantastic. So um, for everyone who's listening, I just want to tell you, you know, uh, Malaya Dumim does not have its own tourism department yet. And yet Shelley has created this incredible buzz about the city and, and, and let people know that there are so many different family tours they can take that she's t brought over a thousand people into the city just in the last year. So it's really incredible. So I want Shelly to just tell us a little bit about what she sees in the future, what future projects she may work on or what she sees in the future for the city in Maladumim. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, again, as Joanna said, um, there is no tourist department, although it's sorely needed in the city. And I do work with the city. Um, I have meetings, and um, we do have some areas of cooperation. I really hope to uh, deepen those connections and uh, take more of an active role in creating their tourist department. Um, one of the things that I really would like to do is see uh, an incentive program for the industrial area. I'm a firm believer in the, the uh, combination of tourism and industry. I think, I think of all the tourists that have come, uh, there's nobody that doesn't like a good factory program. Um, everybody seems to like factory programs. And we're lucky in Malay Dumim in that we have about 330 different industries. And they just need to be, have some incentive to be pushed a little bit to enter into the, uh, into the world of tourism. I think they also need to understand what the Anglo or English-speaking tourist is looking for. And that sometimes mm -hmm. it's just to understand what they're making and what their history is. And it's not more complicated than that. It's really just going behind the scenes. 
So I, I know on Fun in Jerusalem that factory tours are usually the most searched terms on the site. Mm. So that sounds great. Well, okay. I want to just thank Shelly very much. If anybody would like to reach Shelly um, to plan a trip when they're here, you can email adumim, A-D-U-M-I-M, at funinjerusalem.com. Um, what she didn't get a chance to tell you is there are also some up-and-coming wineries in the area. So if you're looking for a tour involving nature, history, art, industry, wineries, um, Shelly is the person to speak to. And so, uh, Yoni, let us know next time you're in town and you can be sure we'll set up a special tour for you. Now back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna. I mean, I, I appreciate always getting the, uh, the invite to go to all these things. I know we talked about the aquarium about a month or so ago. And now this, uh, all I know is the next time I go to Israel, I'm going to be packed with plenty of things to do. And that's thanks to Joanna and, uh, her website, funinjerusalem.com, you could check it out for anything and everything. You know, you think you, you're not sure you're going to Israel and you don't you don't have an exact plan. Check her out. Check out funinjerusalem.com. And there's so many fun things you could do that you've probably never even heard about. Candy making. I know Miriam uh, came in after the Chagim and talked about this candy making thing that she did after uh, talking to Joanna and uh, going, checking out funinjerusalem.com. So, Definitely check that out anytime you're headed to Israel or, if, you know, you have family in Israel that, that are looking for something to do spontaneously. Um, definitely point them to funinjerusalem.com. More coming up here on Bite Sized. Here's a little of my favorites from Yaakov Sweki. <laughs>
brokenhearted, friends lost and departed, please, no more. Now the time has come, everyone must stand together and be strong forevermore. Young and helpless children, illness and confusion, please, no more. Old and lonely people, hunger, war and evil, please, no more. Now the time has come, everyone has won forever, let his kingdom rise And then we'll cry no more Yerushalayim
And that was Shabchi off of YBC3's Shabchi album. I, let me tell you something uh, about YBC. Um, in college, really in Israel, um, well, you know, you know, let's let's start all the way back from from uh, from my uh, childhood in Houston. I really uh, didn't listen to much Jewish music. Really, the only times I listened to was uh, Carpool with my mom. She had a few. Uh, what do you call those things? I feel like everyone thinks I'm a millennial now. What do you uh, a CD track a, uh, a a little tape? Right. She had a tape of Avram Fried songs. So like, literally, growing up, grew up listening to Chazak, Dido Bay, and and all of Avram Fried's great songs. Um, but it was only really until college, um, Israel and college, when I started getting into a, a more broader selection of Jewish music. And YBC is always one of my go-tos. Um, I, I enjoy when it's multiple people singing, and I think, uh, um, so acapella and, and YBC and Miami Boys Choir and whoever it is, um, I've used just, you know, grown to love all those songs. So Shabchi is obviously one of the classics. And I'm going to play for you one of my other favorites from my time in college. Here's Ashray, another YBC selection. You're tuned into Bite Sized right here on the Nachum Single Network. Ashri, 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 Ashri,
מסביב לעולם. יש צרות, דאגות, החיוך נעלם. מחר תראה רק שחור, כי גם זה יעבור. והכל יסתדר, כי השם יעזור. יש תקווה, נשאיר כולנו יחד. יש אמונה חזקה מכל הפחד. לא ניפול, לא נירד, כי אנחנו לא לבד. יש לנו השם
You're tuned into Bite Sized right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Coming up now is Tova Knecht. Tova, as you could uh, rely on, she is usually now pretty much almost every week she's got something for me here on Bite Sized. And uh, Tova's come through again, this time with an interview with Eric Claster. Now, uh, this interview is a little different than others in that we are going to ask for your participation. Eric is uh, in a competition to go to a dog sledding competition. In Norway, it crosses over into Switzerland, and it uh, it happens in April. But the important part and the time-sensitive part is that he has until December 15th to uh, to make it. And what you have to do is you have to go vote. Now, I'm going to tell you how to vote. You go to Fall Raven PR. I think I'm pronouncing that, that, that correctly. But uh, 
the website is polar.fjallraven.com. And uh, from there, you, you type in Eric Claster. Uh, his name is spelled E-R-I-K, E-R-I-K, Claster, C-L-A-S-T-R. Um, so you make sure to click him, go vote. It literally takes five seconds. No joke. It's so quick. I've already voted. And um, he needs our help. So we need all of our listeners. I'm going to post the link online on my Facebook page. And uh, I know Tova will do so as well. He needs all our votes before December 15th. Uh, Thank God he's actually doing pretty well right now, but uh, he has a long ways to go. So hopefully with our help, everyone, all of our listeners here on the Nachum Siegel Network and of Bite Size will uh, give himself some help. So here's Tova Knecht with Eric Claster. You're tuned into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm sitting in Yushalayim with Eric Claster, husband and dad of five, from Kansas to Israel. He's attempting to make dog sledding history. Eric, she welcome. She meant dog sledding. What did I say? You said something about D-A-double-G sledding? Oh, dog. No, are you, no, are you dog, making, dog. Dog. Yes. Are you making fun of my accent? Yeah, well, listen, I'm from Kansas. I'm from New Jersey. And we're, we're, we're both here in Yushalayim, and we're trying to do something very special and outlandish. Okay, so before we get into that, yes. how do you come from Kansas to Israel? There has to be a story. There is. It's, it's never been easier in the history of our history as Jews for us to come to Israel. So I figured if all I have to do is hop on a plane and I'm a Jewish person, i got to give it a shot. And that's, and that's, I mean, the rest is history. That's, you know, that's how it worked. It was, it was a perfect fit from day one. Okay, wait, how long have you been here for? I've been in Israel for 18 years. Can't believe it. Wow. wow. Yeah. And now you're living in? We live in Efrat, yeah. And uh, my wife, Karen, and our five children, and, um, you know, living the dream. Amazing. Okay, so you want to make dog sledding history by joining? <laughs> so we're we're going to make dog sledding great again. That was our campaign theme. Like, like Mr. Trump or President-elect Trump. Oh, you're going to make it great again? No, we were kind of making fun of all that. Yeah, making it great again, you know. Dog sledding, it's random. Yes, I know. So uh, we're, the whole idea here is that this is, this is so, so you know, obscene and so outlandish that we just have to do it. You know, yeah. We have to do it. We have to have a dog sled representative from Israel uh, in the Arctic. Okay, so what's the name of the event? The it's name of the Fall. event is called the Fall Raven. That's the name of the company that sponsors it, outdoor equipment company, Fall Raven Polar, um, which is essentially a dog sledding uh, excursion or expedition or competition in the Arctic Circle starts in way up north in Norway and it crosses over into Sweden. Uh huh. And when is this taking place? It takes. It's taking place um, uh, early spring, uh, May or so. Yeah, or sorry, April or so. Yeah. But this uh, so, uh, interview is very time sensitive. Very time sensitive because it, this is all based on voting. So we have to get votes or else Israel won't get into the competition. And we're competing against the entire uh, world in terms of categories because we're lumped together with all the rest of the other countries. So the voting ends on December 15th and we have a lot of a gap to close if we're going to make this happen. Yeah, you need thousands and thousands of votes. Thousands and thousands of votes. Really easy, though. The nice thing is I don't need money from anybody. So uh, all I need is people just to go in and click on the link and vote. It takes about five or six seconds. Yeah, no, it took me that short just to do it. I did it, and I'll put the link on the website. You're uh, better. Yeah, yeah, of course. Everyone right now is going to push pause on uh, the interview, and they're going to vote for Eric. That's right. So have you always been an outdoor type guy? Have you always been into adventures? I have always been an outdoor inclined person. I grew up in, in Kansas, which, you know, even though it's um, a regular city, 
you know, for all intents and purposes, is very rural where I was from, and always outdoors, uh, met, you know, around my house, always outdoors. I'm a lifetime scouter, so I was obviously outdoors on all sorts of adventures uh, out throughout my whole um, adolescent and adult life. And I love the cold. I love being outside. I love hiking. Love adventures. So this is this is just a perfect, you know, extension or, or challenge uh, to go along with my my current life. Can you tell us what is the most exciting adventure you've ever been on? The craziest adventure? Oh wow! Yikes! You pulled that one out of left field. Well, you know, we just got back from an adventure. Uh, my wife and I and our kids. We went on a, on a month and a half long trek through. Africa, South Africa, and the Seychelles Islands, and it was so crazy because we just changed our plans in the middle. We weren't planning on going to the Seychelles Islands. I don't know if you know what that is, where that is. It's this random group of islands in the middle of the Indian Ocean, uh-huh. equidistant between India and Africa. Okay. It's like paradise. Really, it's like all the, all the photos you see of gorgeous beaches, and it was... Probably the craziest because we were doing it with five children. Well. <laughs> I mean, so, and, you know, an infant who was nine months old, and it was just so smooth and so amazing, and the kids got into just such a groove that, and my wife and I also, that we are, we've got the bug now. Now, you know, we both like to travel before this. We went, you know, we've been to Mexico and Iceland and all over the place, but with the kids, this is the first time, and it was the most challenging adventure because of all the, you know, Everything is just more complicated, obviously, but it was but it was successful and it was awesome and it was challenging and we were so smitten. We are planning our next adventure now. Wow! So the kids and the wife are uh, happy that you're on this journey. They love this. They love this. They're all over it. I've got my kids are asking me every day how many votes do we get. They're giving me ideas. Abba, you have to tell everyone at school when you drop me off and make their parents vote. They're they're just all over it. Amazing. It's so cute. So. How are you practically training? So, I mean, the main purpose of this competition from the organizers is that you really don't have to be like a crazy mountaineering professional adventurer to do this. The opposite. You're supposed to be able to just be your regular self with your regular schedule and just get on a plane, go to Norway, and with the proper equipment and proper training uh, or proper guidance – be able to do a crazy adventure like this. So you, you, theoretically, you just have to have be in average shape and whatever, but I'm taking it much more seriously than that. I, I, I train three days a week with a, uh, an old Russian Olympic boxing coach, and when he got word of this, he's like, we're changing your training. And now he's got me doing all sorts of odd and weird and uh, you know, non-traditional resistance training and all of that. And then outside of that, I'm doing some cold, some you know, temperature training to try to get my body used to to functioning or try to function my brain and my body in extreme temperatures. So you know that little stunt that we had with the video with me jumping into the, yeah. the spring water that was it was part part stunt part you know hey let's get me let's get me used to this. Wow. So what was that like jumping into freezing cold? Uh... It was freezing cold. Freezing cold. Um, I mean I, I I'm a out, I'm a cold person. I love the cold. I enjoy it. Uh, this was this was. Pretty much at the, as they would say, you know, the the, yeah, the threshold of my of my tolerance, and it was I was shivering throughout the middle of the day, so it was pretty darn cold, and I'm gonna have to do it again and again, so, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so practically the audience is going to go right from here. They're going to go click on really the link. Really straightforward. We just need people to vote. We have literally a week and a couple of days left. And it is absolutely attainable because we're talking about a couple tens of thousands of votes. So I mean, you know. Your so it's gonna, people that follow you and their friends, and that's basically it. it takes, so, guys, I'm counting mm. on all of you, Yoni. Let's get them all going to uh, come on, Yoni. The website, and we're going to uh, 
get Eric to the action item is to, to vote Norway. to vote Israel on the can you imagine Israel out of all the countries in the world yeah, they're going to show up like? they're going to show like? up there and they're going to be like wait a minute we've got countries that represent like United States and Finland and then the rest of the world categories there are really hundreds of countries we're going to be at everybody no Mongolia no Taiwan no Canada Israel of all places are you going to have the Israeli flag absolutely they have they have all the flags represented they have them at the, in the encampment with the, in, the, in front of the tents each each delegation has their their flag and then on the actual uh, sleds themselves they have a, they make flags for everybody to have their flags so wow. it would be just crazy it would be a completely out of context but amazing thing which is part of the reason why we're doing this is because this is this is just so outlandish and the PR value for Israel is just it's, it's it would be phenomenal who in the is, are there people in the government that are backing you now? No, nobody in the government backing us yet. Um, from what we understand, they're not really ready to jump on board, quote-unquote, yet, until we gain more traction, which is kind of the, the weird thing about it, because in order to gain more traction, we kind of need... So we're going about it from a different angle. We're going about it from the press, a lot of grassroots influencers to get the Israeli public, because as you know, the Israeli public could be a big factor. The American public could be a big factor. So we're kind of starting, you know, at right. the bottom... Uh, with some influencers and groups and stuff like that. Amazing. Okay, so I am sure you're going to end up on a dog sled in Norway. Somewhere or another, it's going to happen. It's I don't going know. to have to happen. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to be cheering you on watching from a... Uh, yeah, they're going to have like a live feed. Live and like, feed. All kinds of crazy... Yeah, they have like a, a movie setting thing that goes along. Like They tell the whole story. It's like this whole... They, there's they, they live blog from it also. It's, it's pretty crazy. So it'll... You'll be, if we get there, you'll be able to follow it the whole way. I'm very excited to see it. Um, okay, so good luck with that. Thank and you. And thank you for sitting down with yes, me. Yes, thank you Before so much. Before we end off, mm-hmm. how about you tell me, what's your Israel happy place? My Israel happy place. I like this. My Israel happy place is going to have to be, um, there's a, uh, a little valley uh, between where we live, the, the hilltop or the mountain where we live, and the adjacent mountain. And there is a little valley inside that has ancient ruins from the second temple period. King Solomon had a guest house over in that area, and it's an unexcavated uh, artifact area, meaning it's a, it hasn't been dug. So it's completely untouched. Yeah. There's a mosaic, it's covered. So I hike down there with my, with my kids and my wife frequently. We know the spot, we know the area, and it's just the most amazing spot for my family and just kind of reset and understand where I'm at, kind of, wait a minute, I'm in Israel. I'm, this is, you know, look at this history, look at where we're at, this is our house, it's right underneath our house, this valley, and it's just uh, a tranquil, and um, I just feel very honored to, to be here, here and to be able to do this and have my family and my livelihood here, and it, that, that when we go down there, you know, stops everything <clears throat> of my everyday life and all the craziness of carpool and babysitters and lunches and doctor's appointments, and just kind of reminds me, hey, this is pretty cool, this is all happening in Israel. Wow. Okay, so everyone, I'm begging you to go to the website and vote for Eric. We want to get Israel on the map. We can do it. We want to get him in Norway. That's right. I'm going to try to say it. Should I say it? Fall Raven. Fall Raven. That's it. You did it. Fall Raven Polar. That's it. Fall Raven Polar. It's so easy. It's it's easy as that. It's going to be also there. It's going to be that easy. It's going to be that easy. Well, (laughs) continued success. Thank you. uh, Really, all the best. Thank you, Yoni. Back to you. Thank you, Yoni. Make them vote. Thank you, Tova. And again, myself, Tova. I'm sure Eric, if you head over to his Facebook page, he has the link. We'll all have the link on our Facebook pages. So go click on the link. Go vote. Literally five seconds. I promise you I did it myself. It is no joke. Five seconds. Voting ends December 15th. So vote early. And hopefully we could get Eric that push to head to Norway for the dog sledding competition 
Um, and then hopefully, listen, maybe we'll have a little follow-up and hear all about it if uh, if he makes it there. So again, Tova, thank you. You could check out everything that Tova has, tovanisrael.com. She is the go-to to uh, hear all of the positives that goes on in Israel that you may not hear on a regular basis on uh, any mainstream news outlet. But Tova in Israel on Facebook, tovanisrael.com. She has it all covered. More coming up on Bite Size. Here's Chazak by Avram Fried.
slowly lost its way with the goal of virtue fading. There's a steady light that has kept away the night with the brightness it's creating. Can we bring the world its only sunshine? Show the world 
tuned into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Seal Network. We are wrapping up another show here, but before we go, 
It's time for America's favorite segment, Four to the Door. As usual, myself, Jamie Turkel, we composed our top four blank uh, for this week's episode. And this week we decided, since uh, Tova Knecht had on Eric Klaster, who is uh, trying to go k- compete at a dog sledding competition, I decided, and Jamie decided, that we are going to do our top four favorite dogs. All right, so as usual... Jamie composed her top four list, I composed my top four list, and we are going to go with Jamie's top four list first. However, before I start, I want to remind everyone that you could send me an email, you can leave an app comment with any comments or feedback, criticism, any sort of anything that you want to tell me. Um, you could definitely go ahead and do so at sending me an email at yoni at nachomsegel.com, Y-O-N-I at nachomsegel.com. Dot com And I'd love to hear what you have to say. And I promise you, I will do my best to respond. But without further ado, here is Jamie's top four to the door. Top four dogs at number four. The French Bulldog. Now, uh, I don't know, uh, Jamie, you love dogs, right? Jamie loves dogs. Jamie kind of loves dogs. She she loves dogs by marriage, meaning her husband loves dogs. I had the opportunity to spend time with Yoey, and uh, I can confirm that. He loves dogs. So, uh French. Which one do you have? You don't. You don't have any right now. But which one would you have? I guess let's go through the. Oh, number one. Okay, that makes sense. Number one. So uh, number four is the French Bulldog. Number three is a Chocolate Lab. And uh, admittedly, I really know very little about dogs, other than all my friends love dogs. Uh, I don't hate dogs, but I don't love dogs. Meaning, I will never own a pet because I don't think. Um, not that it's not a smart thing to do. I, I see its value in terms of uh, you know kids growing up with it. Miriam would talk, but she hasn't been invited on. Okay, I'll turn on your mic. Miriam, what do you think about dogs? First of all, I'd like to thank you for including me in this segment of the program, (laughs) whether by hook or by crook, because I have wanted to be a part of this. Oh, please. I love chocolate labs. You love chocolate labs. Love chocolate labs. They're gorgeous. It's it's justified on Jamie's list as number three, or would you have it higher or lower? Listen, I'm not going to criticize Jamie. You, I will criticize. Jamie, I will not criticize. Just wait till my list. I cannot imagine. This is probably one of the only weeks I might lose. Uh, the top four to the door, meaning I assume more people will like Jamie's list more than mine, which doesn't happen often. Because of all of the response you've gotten from, yeah. yes, most people like your stuff. Is it all your family who's voting? I will not. Okay, there you go. Tell you that. Right. But, um, so I love chocolate labs, and I, but I totally hear you about the whole not having a pet thing. Right. That's That's why I had kids. Pet? I had kids. You had kids instead yes. of pets. Yes. That's okay. why we handled it. Also, because when we got engaged, Stephen told me that if we ever got a dog, because I really, really, really wanted a dog, if we got a dog, then I would be responsible even during 10 feet of snow and nine feet of, nine <laughs> months of pregnancy to walk the dog and that he wouldn't feel bad for me. Did so it was sort of, no, I grew up with brothers. So why'd you love a dog? I love dogs. Because they're fun. yum and they're amazing. By the way, I'm not a cat person. You're not a cat. Cats are obnoxious. That's why we're not doing top four cats. Right, because they don't exist. Top four <laughs> cats? I don't even know. Are there, yeah, are there, are there breeds of cats? I don't know. There are orange cats, and there are brown cats, and there are white cats. Right. But I'm a big chocolate lab lover. Okay. Ne- what did you say? Chi- Siamese cats. Yeah, okay. Siamese cats. Right, I think that's the only one everyone knows. And then the cats just laying around in Israel. Yeah, those. That's a whole separate That's category. a whole separate category. Right. Israeli cats, I don't think are a breed, but yeah. <laughs> um, but chocolate labs are great. Um, I don't know what I'm going to say this and, and not everybody's going to understand it. I'm yeah. going to have to explain it. But my neighbor has a dog whose name is Jeter. Okay. Yay. Um, they're rabid Yankee fans. I could tell. Thank you. Um, that is the best dog in the entire world. So whatever Jeter is, 
We want whatever, one of those. So that would be like your number one, whatever Jeter Yes. Is. Jeter, by the way, tore his hamstring. It just oh, came out of surgery. Is that the saddest thing for a dog? Yeah. I can tell you what I don't want. And also, my brother had a pug. Okay. Pugs are really cute, though I think they're high maintenance. A pug will make an appearance on one of our lists. I could tell you that. Really? That mm-hmm. is fascinating. Um, my brother had a pug, um, which was super cute. And... Um, I don't want J- – Jamie had a friend who recently had a husky um, who lasted with the husky for about 72 hours. The so, husky will also make an appearance on one of our lists. Right. So what you won't get if you have a husky is that girlfriend you're looking for. So I would recommend <laughs> – we hey, take. you don't know that. Uh, it's possible. Yeah, um, sure. What other what – other... Well, here we go. I'm going to continue with Jamie's list. Okay, fine. And then uh, we could review it and then maybe go to my list. This is where my contribution it. to this show is No, over. this is important. Okay, okay, no, I, okay, I okay, okay. Here we go. Invited. Um, thank you. An invited invitation to my show. Thank you. It's the network show. No, it's yours. Okay, fine. That works too. Okay, so uh, Jamie's list, top four to the door, top four dogs. Number four was French Bulldog. Number three was Chocolate Lab. Number two, and it's actually number two on both of our lists, Aww. the Golden Retriever. Yes. Well, that's Chocolate Lab, Golden Retriever are going to be, you know, family-friendly pets. Right. And then number one on Jamie's list is the Australian Shepherd. Now, Jamie, I have no idea what it is. Can somebody is. Google why, that? Why don't you come on, Jamie? One wanna... second. I got to Google that. I don't yeah, even know what right. that looks like. I have no, I'm trying to... It's funny. I actually Googled. What's it called this. again? An Australian Shepherd? An Australian Shepherd. I Googled like top dogs. Oh, it's the third thing. And it's not even on You cheated? Well, I didn't cheat. I just like, I wanted to Google like. It's Lassie. Sure. You wanted Lassie? What's Lassie? You don't know who. Yoni. Is that like. I'm looking at the dog. That looks like Lassie. Is Lassie like Clifford? Stop talking. <laughs> Stop talking. What's now the show is not yours anymore. What's Clifford Lassie? is a big red dog. I really should have consulted Yoey. Oh, you my know, God. yeah, we should be consulted on everything you yeah, do. All right, the, the Australian list. Shepherd's not Lassie. It looks like Lassie. Well, Jamie, look at the picture. It's just got a lot more white. But I imagine that that's. Oh no! Look, that doesn't look like Lassie. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. To recap, Jamie's top four to the door. Top four dogs. Number four was French Bulldog. Number three, Chocolate Lab. Number two, oh. Golden Retriever. And number one, Australian Shepherd. And here we go with Yoni Pollock. Myself. Top four to the door. Top four. Dogs number four. He's talking about himself in the third person again. Yeah, yeah. of course. Number four is the bulldog. Um, okay. Now, in my apartment building, well, Jamie, it's close to yours. What does that mean? Yeah, it's very close to yours. It Why is, is it close, close to yours? yours? She, number four was French bulldog. Oh. I don't know the difference between a French bulldog and an American bulldog. And any one other has bulldog. a bad accent. Oh, Ooh, yeah, nice. sorry. Bulldog is but, cute. Uh, Let me just look what French bulldog looks like. <laughs> there's a bulldog in my building. Um, I live on the fourth floor. He lives on no, the fifth floor. No, he's got higher ears. He looks like he's on alert all the time, the French bulldog. <laughs> oh, that's true. I actually also have a picture of a bulldog here. Yeah. And this bulldog is the first time I walked into the elevator. You don't expect a dog to be in that, and it's just there, and I like freaked. But ever since then, the bulldog's so sweet. Um, kind of just the... calm. But it also has that look of like, I could take you on, you know? No, this one looks like... Oh, not, well, the, that's... not the one you're seeing? No, the French know, bulldog... Just by its face. Oh, the French, the French bulldog, bulldog is... could take you shopping. Yeah. Right. The I'm not... Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, bulldog, I may, I'm sorry. I, the, the bulldog is better than the French bulldog. Go on. Number three is a pug. Okay. Now, they look similar, right? Yeah. Just one looks a little more nicer than the other. And I think that's the pug. So Pugs are cute. Right. Pugs are cuter, I think. So, right. uh, pug is number three. Number two is the golden retriever. Yes. I grew up, uh, a close friend of mine had like, I mean, went through several golden retrievers. That kind of tends may to happen. May they rest in peace. Yes. yes. But uh, so while, I mean, it's such a fun dog. It's like... It, I don't want to say athletic. What does that mean? It, 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 no, it's agile. It's okay, agile. There yeah, you, go. you know, you you throw a tennis ball and it goes and catches it, and 
and it's uh, I, I'm I'm missing the word. It's not athletic, agile, whatever. It's it's a fun dog. Okay. It's a fun dog. It sheds like crazy, and I hate that. And yeah, that's, that's really why I hate dogs a lot. That's nasty. They shed, and like you show up in in your suit, you mm-hmm. know, Shabbos, whatever, and then your suit's full of hair. You're furry. Yeah. Yeah. Unnecessarily furry. What's your last dog? Well, number one is the husky. Now let me tell you why the husky. <sighs> again, I don't plan on ever owning a dog, so like this list doesn't really. I don't want to say matter, but the husky is such a cool dog. Is it not this? So one of my uh, remember you, I had Steve Bunin on. Uh, actually, yes. it was that show that. That I uh, I don't want to say replaced you, but it was on That's Life, and uh, he has two huskies. You subbed. I subbed exactly. Right. He has two huskies now. He used to live in the north, and then he moved down to Houston. And a, and a husky living in Houston is like it's a nebuch. It's an, it just doesn't it's make a, sense. It's a shame. It's kind of like me right. walking in Mayasharim. It just doesn't belong. That's you know? true. So uh, good comparison, right? So this husky is, but it's just so adorable. It's it's the white and the gray and the silver looking, and it's just so cool. Anyway, Steve is moving to seattle now oh um so the huskies will will make sense uh, fares better there right but uh i've always i thought that dog was so cool it was so cute it was just so nice also it wasn't like i, I don't know everyone has a different opinion i guess on the husky and, and it doesn't show up on on this uh website that i checked for uh you know top family dogs or whatever. right yeah yeah uh, he uh-huh. swears by the huskies i think he's he's also had a few and the husky with his daughter i mean it's been incredible he says so. you know you know what dog i loved as a kid go for it the dalmatian how many of them? All of them. <laughs> um, I loved, loved, loved Dalmatians, and I really wanted one until somebody told me that the jaw span of a Dalmatian could fit in a baby's head. Like, oh. wow, that's that's, a, oh. that's too big. Yeah, yeah. There, there went that big. idea of cuddling with the Dalmatian. <laughs> For yeah, real. yeah. My kids very much want a dog, but they're not going. But it. I think my youngest would treat it as a horse, mm. and I'm not ready to ha- come home from work and see my daughter riding the dog. So you're not going to get your kids? Dog. Not so much. What if Jamie and I just randomly dropped the dog off at your house? Would you be upset at us? Um, I Not so much me. A little bit Stephen. Oh, okay, a little bit, bit, a little bit Stephen. I mean, do you remember a couple of months ago when my oldest, who is now in seminary for the year, when I told her that I wanted fish for dinner and I came home and there was a goldfish in the house? <laughs> right. So that was enough of a shock to the system and may it rest in peace. Malcolm, the name of the fish, died after eight days. Aww. Right. Because somebody tried to feed it a watermelon. Oh. Um, right. Not going to work. So there went that. Right. So I'm thinking that, that the Wallachs were not meant to have a dog. Okay. Plus... To be very honest and share a moment, I travel too much to give more responsibility to Stephen Wallach right. to have to deal with the dog and the children. Something's got to give. Okay. Right. That. Yeah. Well, Miriam, thank you for joining. This was nice. Um, Thanks for so much for inviting me. I'll have to ask the audience to see if uh, they want you to come up with a top four list at some point. I would, Or maybe I just, you know, get to participate. Maybe you get to... T- this has been great. This is fun. I'll I have love to reevaluate the show. I'll listen to the show afterwards. I love if, coming on the air with you. you know, if, this is if fun. it was worthwhile. Thank you. Thank if you it was joining. worthwhile, well, what's well, next what, week's topic? You know, if, if the rate, uh, the topic, the topics, you know, they uh, they're topical. I, I really exactly. Thank so, you. Like, you know, we had a dog slaughter, right? Come on with Tova, so we figured uh, we'd go with dogs next week. Uh, I don't want to tease anything yet. So, um, what does it rhyme with? I schmo okay. schmo. <laughs> I don't know. That's oh oh oh! I, oh, oh. I was it. like, what yeah, is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll figure it out. Listen, you know. Okay. Um, but thank you for joining. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Hatzlacha in your show. Thank you, thank you. And I thank everyone here for tuning in for the last two hours here at Bite Size. Uh, I thank Tova with her interview with Eric Claster, and I thank Joanna with her interview with Shelly Brin. You could check them out on Facebook, tovanisrael.com. 
Um, and Joanna is funinjerusalem.com. But again, thank you for all of you for the last two hours spending here with me on the Nachum Siegel Network. A reminder, you can check us out all over social media. I know Jamie Turkel, our assistant programming director and my uh, co-segment of For the Door person. Um, she'll appreciate that on Facebook at Nachum Siegel Network, on Twitter at Nachum Siegel Net, and on Instagram, Nachum Siegel Network. If you haven't yet downloaded the NSN app, you can do so by heading over to your app store and installing the free NSN app on your smartphones to get all of our content while on the run. My name is Yoni Pollock, wishing you all a good day and reminding you that the bite size is the right size.